Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Bravo, macht Tempo, wartet auf Harte. Herzlang gekommen und jetzt ist es Klos. Also, Arminia Bielefeld. Penny, 2-0. 2-0 für den FC St. Pauli. Diese Flanke, Tor, nächster Treffer. Es heuer, Fernandes mit vorne. Ja klar ist er mit vorne. Kittel mit der Ecke, Pujat, Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. It is our relegation playoff special. On today's episode, we'll be reviewing all the action from the first legs games from Köln versus Kiel and Ingolstadt versus Osnabrück. Alongside me, as always, to discuss the action is the one and only Eva Lotta Bola. Eva, good morning. How are you? I'm just very glad that my team is not one of the teams that has to play those relegation playoffs because I can tell you one time is plenty. Um, yeah, otherwise I'm good. The sun is out in Germany, which is quite rare in this month, actually, at the moment. So yeah, I'm good. How are you? I am not too bad. I think I'm the only one here who is uh, reviewing all the games in pure darkness as it is quarter to six here in Adelaide and it is already dark so we're doing doing we are doing very very well but uh for this uh episode we decided to go a little bit different it is going to be a crossover with our good friends at the German football podcast and when my cat isn't scratching the chair I'd like to introduce our two guests for today one of them has skin in the game in the relegation playoffs this year he's uh Already looking very dejected from my viewpoint, but he is very much welcome. It's uh, Roy Campbell. Roy, welcome. How are you doing? Good, good to be here. I just realised that before before we actually came on, I, I'm far too excited for this. I've been listening to this Vitamins League podcast since Johnny did it on his own, like maybe three years ago. So I'm far too excited to be on. So I'm, I'm, it's, it's good to be here. Not good to be talking about Kern. I'll try my best to not get angry about what happened the other night. I'll try very hard, but um, we'll see how it goes. It was an interesting game, shall we say. Yes, I, I know that there are certainly a few trigger points and I'm going to use probably all of them as uh, as some ammunition for me. Also joining us, also from the German Football Podcast, is Colin Moore. Colin, welcome for the first time. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm good. I think it's my first podcast across three time zones. So it's nine o'clock in the morning here um, and it is cloudy. I mean, you got to love that. You know, we are very much a worldwide podcast. This is what we're about. We're, we're global. Um, but enough about us. Let's actually get into the action. And we're going to start with Wednesday night's game, Köln and Kiel. A lot of expectations for FTR. They're, they are the Bundesliga side. And only three teams have ever gone from the playoffs, from the side of Bundesliga and gained promotion and only before this game, twice has the Spider Bundesliga side won the first leg. And this time, it was three. Kiel winning a goal to nil with Simon Lorenz's first touch of the ball to give De Storka a 1-0 lead. Heading into the second leg. And Eva, I'm going to start with you. That's not only a massive leg up in terms of getting the win, but that away goal is massive uh, heading into a second leg that is going to have fans in the stadium. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, to to start off, it was kind of sad or like hit differently to hear with or without you at the beginning of that playoff game in in an empty Megastorfa stadium. That was a bit weird. <laughs> um, well, and I mean, we've seen Kiel especially struggle in the last two games of the Bundesliga campaign. And I think um, I didn't really expect them to score in, in the second half because we've seen it that they normally like put all their effort into the first half and try to win that and then the second half they offered a bit less um i like the way that they didn't get or didn't lose concentration although Köln's press pressing especially in the first half was quite good and um yeah they I think it was Neumann who saved the win twice in the end, like uh, around the 84th minute. So huge, huge win for them. And as you've mentioned, they play before 2,350 fans, I think, uh, in the Hotchard Stadium on Saturday. So that's definitely a push for them as well. And it should be mentioned that Kiel won this game without two of their centerpieces in midfield with Alexander Muling and Jonas Meffert not playing because of yellow card suspensions. It is a massive result for them. They did have plenty of chances themselves, Kiel. Uh, memory serves me. Sarah hit the crossbar, and had he got that just a little bit lower, you would say that's 2-0, and you'd argue that Köln would really be pushing the proverbial. Roy, I know this is a... It's frustrating. You're probably feeling the Jonas Hector side of things where he rightfully lashed out at a, um, at a journo, uh, as you'd be very frustrated, but... They had the chances, although they were limited. Um, what was the biggest takeaway for you as a Köln fan, knowing that you have it all to do going into the second leg? I just don't. I, I, I just don't understand the way he set up for a first leg against a team that's in the league below. Kiel are a fantastic side, but you would you would think at home Köln would try and gain the advantage in some way. And I just don't think there was anything. I mean, the lineup proved it with again no striker. I don't know why. Um, you know, it happened at the start of the season, it happened now with Gisdol and, and also Funkel, that they, they think that they can they can play like Man City, Pep Guardiola's Man City without a striker. They just they don't have the players to do that. And I understand there was a, the injury with Anderson, which was not it wasn't looked ahead beforehand. You never knew that was going to happen. But you think if it happened the year they went down uh, the last time. Uh, obviously, Cordoba got injured, um, but they did bring in Taroda in January. Um, but although he didn't save them, it gave them some kind of fight. There's been no fight at all for me. The only players that on the pitch that I felt did much was Hector and Wolf. Um, they're the only two that I, I felt kind of made the big impact to try and go for. That's the biggest downfall for me. There was just no fight to to actually save yourself, especially at home. And I know the home form's not fantastic this season, but you'd usually back killing at home, especially in a, a game against its vital league opposition. So it was disappointing. Um, I'd really, I agree with what Eva said about Kiel. It was interesting that they didn't um, go for it the way they usually do in the first half, to kind of a bit more reserve, see what Kiel could offer against them. And then, you know, the sucker punch came in the second half and they, they took it uh, with both hands. And, you know, they, they fully deserved the win in the end. I just don't think um, FC really deserved it at the end. I was... Far too confident going into thinking that they'll win one of the legs, Kiel will be knackered, um, and I thought it would be the first leg um, that would have got it over done with. So we'll see what happens at Holstein Stadium uh, with the fans in. 
I'm not optimistic in any way. I, I could see Kiel going out and winning 2-0 at least um, on Saturday. So it's not not so positive over here in Kiln so far for me. I mean, it is only the third time a Spider Bundesliga side has won the first leg. Cottbus, uh, sorry, Nuremberg and um, and Hertha were the two other sides and both of them gained promotion. So there's uh, some more little extra. The other the teams that they beat were Cottbus and Hertha BSC. Um, Colin, I'll bring you in. What impressed you about Kiel's performance? Because Kiel had, you know, it's a tough task for any Spider Bundesliga side. This is how rare since it's come in, the playoffs, how hard it is to go up. What impressed you about them defensively that they were able to limit, again, a strikerless Köln side until Anderson came on in the second half? What impressed you most about them defensively to keep the, the high quality chances limited? I think just the way they bounced back in general, because the final two games of the Spider League season, they conceded three against Karlsruhe and Darmstadt. So going into it, really, my expectations were that that would be their weakest point, the defensive side, because they were missing Tesker as well, centre-back, the injuries. So just with the, the fatigue that they've experienced with the fixture pilot, I mean, let's not forget, they've played 10 games, and that's 10 games in 33 days that they've played. But they, they, they did really well. They seemed refreshed. I thought at times defensively they were quite nervous, particularly in the first half. So a couple of times they were quite complacent. And I think a factor in that was Gelios coming in and in goals. Like he seemed a bit nervous at times. So let's not forget he dropped out of the side and it was Dana that had been playing in the recent games. But just they they were organised and despite Köln having most of the play at times, they they, they didn't let them through. I think a, a large factor in that was the lack of goal threat from Köln because you've seen that in the Bundesliga season as well. Just not really get that striker. If Anderson doesn't play, then when I mean, they signed Emmanuel Dennis, but that just didn't work out at all. Uh, they've resorted to playing Duda as the farthest player forward with Hector in an advanced role who isn't a natural goal scorer or anything like that, but Kiel did really well to shut them out and I thought after they scored the goal they looked more assured and could have, as you say, with Sarah hitting the bar could have scored another one. I thought Fabian Reza did really well when he came on and that was a, a good option to have in the counter but yeah, it was that defensive um, stability that really served them well and they're in a really good position going into the second leg with that way goal. Absolutely. I think I think now the, the curiosity for Oli Werner is how does he approach the second leg? Because you could make a case that if they score early in the in the second leg, it's it's Kill need three goals essentially. Or actually no, they need two goals and they would they would win on away goals, which is still the worst rule in football, but that's just my two cents. It would it would mean that Kern would have to actually go for it. They're not in a good position now, as it is they lose the first leg. They weren't particularly great. I think Werner completely outcoached Funkel game plan wise. And, you know, once they got the goal up, as as you mentioned, Colin, they were far better, they were far better defensively. They had that one chance at the end of the game, um, which was what, which was scrambled out um, by, by Neumann, who was very, very good at right back. So advantage Kiel. Um, I guess we'll have a quick look at the, the, the second leg. Um, Eva, I'll start with you. What do you expect 
from Kiel in terms of tactically. You, we can assume that Muling's going to come into the side because he is one of the centerpieces of that that central midfield area. Do you reckon he's going to tinker too a, a bit, maybe to set up more counter attacking, or do you think they'll try and revert to their normal game plan? Yeah, I would um, rather tend to the second one. So I would expect that they potentially, especially with the fans in the stadium, will play a good first half. So what we've seen during the whole Corona, whatever, COVID game uh, games, um, because uh, I think they need to, yeah, they, they don't have the energy anymore to bring it on the pitch for full 90 minutes. So I could expect that they really go full on, um, yeah, score one or two goals in, in the first half and then like stand very stable in, in the defense. That would, what would I expect? I mean, they can be a bit happy that Injoski will be a potential player for, for the Saturday game because I wasn't sure about you, but, um, yeah, I think in the end he can't be very mad about it if he sees a red card for the tackle against Duda. Mm. Um, um, well, and I mean, there are a lot of opinions about that on, on social media as well. Um, yeah, but they have more or less every every player on the pitch uh, available, more or less. And um, yeah, and it's potentially Sarah's last game for Kiel as well. So maybe he wants to put his name on the score sheet one last time. Yes, potentially his last game in Kiel. I think we all know that he will be wearing Bielefeld colours Uh at the start of next season, whether they go, Kiel go up or not. Um, Roy, I guess we'll talk Köln again. Is there a necessity that Freedom Funkel starts Anderson just to have a presence up top? Because let's be honest, Jonas Hector playing up top is the equivalent of when Schalke were chucking Weston McKenney anywhere and just hoping it would work. And it clearly didn't work in that situation. And that's, but it's also an indictment on kind of Hector. Like that's a misuse of his play, his ability as a player. So what do you expect Funkel to come up with, knowing that this will be his last game in charge of Köln? It doesn't matter if they go up or down for him. What's your expectation of what the lineup should look like and what they need to do tactically to win the game? The thing is, Hector could play any position, and I still think he's the best player in the park. You just get that. for that. And in the the, the post match interview, just the. Uh, Pivot like showed that massively, like, but it's, it's like you say, it's a shame to put him up there and give him the make him have to run so much. There was a chance when he went through and goal uh, early in the first half, and if that was anyone else with legs, they probably would have went and at least put a shot against the goalkeeper or probably have scored. But he's not got the legs to run, so that's why I don't like. He can't. He surely can't do that again. Surely, he's. I mean, I. I I'm not. A, I'm not a football manager in any way, head coach in any way. But surely anyone, everyone else can see that that just didn't work yeah. all season. Why use it in your, probably your most important game of the season? Now you've got another most important game of the season. I think surely they have to put Anderson just to please the fans in any way to see the lineup going out and seeing that Anderson's actually on the lineup. They just It's just the, the depth that they don't have anymore. And it's just... I don't even know if it's worth chucking maybe Jan Thielman in, young, a young lad who wants to, to go for it and like he puts all into every game. It's just, who do, who do you take him off for? It's, for me, he has to change something. I mean, I, I mean, he has to. He can't not change anything. If he doesn't change anything, Kellner going down, and it's safe to say that. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he changed the back line in any way because he's never consolidated a right back all season. Uh, even uh, Gisdol, no one consolidated that right back position. It's changed between Schmitz, Isabue. You know, it's, there's been far too many. Even Wolf was back there sometimes. Um, but I don't think Schmitz is probably good enough either um, to, for a, such an important game. I don't know what he'll change. I think he'll keep the same formation. But. I think he'll drop Uzchan for and put Hector back, and he'll stick Anderson up front, and probably keep the same um, other ten players. I hope he doesn't. Uh, I'd like to see some sort of change because Kiel nullified every threat once they like once they figured out they nullified every threat um, that Kiel could offer, and that wasn't many. <laughs> so when they, if there was chance that there was going to be more. I, I would back Kiel to, to be more regimented and ready for Kiel more than Kiel would be ready for uh, Kiel uh, come t- um, tomorrow. Well, it's tomorrow. That's scary. Uh, I, I don't even think it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. That's not going to go well. Um, so, yeah, I think he has to change something. Um, formation-wise, they've, not, they've kept that pretty much all season. They can't, they can't change formation, I don't think. But it's like you said, it's Funko's last game. Does he really care? Like without, without, I don't know the guy personally, obviously, but does he re- like? Is this a is this something for him to look like a, a podium for him to get a job next season? Or oh, I kept Kiln in the Bundesliga by one game because he's not had the worst results um, since he's came in. So he's it's if he manages to do that, maybe it will help him. I don't think it will. Um, but there's there's so many staff things riding on this game, and I personally don't think it's the worst thing in the world that Kiln go down. I think they need it. I think they need the change. There's only I was talking to a friend the other day. I think there's maybe three players I'd keep in that squad, mm. or three players who would who would stay that I would keep in that squad. Uh, and I think they're quite obvious who they probably would be. Um, so I don't think it's the worst thing to go down. I'm really looking forward to seeing Stefan Baumgart come in next season in either league. I think either league will be interesting. Um, but for me, tomorrow's game. Before, without looking far too ahead, tomorrow's game is just it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I don't know how it's going to go. Basically, I, I think I'm just I'm talking because I don't I'm kind of panicking now of what to say. So I'm just going to pass it back to you, Matthew. It's been it's been difficult. It's been difficult. <laughs> we we can see and and the noise of construction in the background is really elevating the the tension. I do that... apologize. I live in the busiest street of construction in Kiln. I don't know how it happened. There's like construction in three different parts of the street. I don't know what's happening, uh, but yeah. So it's just it's just um, it's digging into my soul as you can hear. Of uh, just like Kern did on the weekend during the week there. So sorry, I'll, I'll pass it back to you. Matthew. That's all good. It's all good. Colin, a final thought on this this tie. Uh, what's the one thing you're looking out for from either team? You can take a take a pick at either side. What's the one thing you're looking out for in this game that could be the difference between? Kiel going up or or Köln staying in the Bundesliga? Well, just to echo what Roy was saying, just more going forward. Just I think they just need more. I don't know. They need to have a real go at it. Um, they should have the superior squad. They are the they are the Bundesliga side. So they just they need to show that, and I think they probably did. They did show more quality in possession in the first leg, but as I was saying before, they just didn't manage to capitalise on that. And Kiel were in the advantageous position that they, they've they now got the away goal. They don't need to go for it. I think usually people would point to B 
being home in the second leg is an advantage. But you quite often in previous years, I think it's been a disadvantage because teams have been going to the second leg with the Bundesliga side already leading by a couple of goals. Remember Kiel themselves when they're playing Wolfsburg, they were down. I think it was three one after the first leg, three um, one or four one, um, and yeah, they were already behind, and then they had to go for it in the second leg, but just couldn't get ahead and lost that game as well. But um, now they're in a an unfamiliar position where they are ahead, so they can sort of take a similar approach to the first game that they're focused on the defensive solidity and don't need to go for it. I think. I'll be quite interested to see how how they respond to that and how Curlin can manage to take a different approach to break them down. I think they do need to play Anderson. Might seem like a bit of a, a bit more an old old fashioned opinion, but I do like to see a natural striker playing instead of a false nine. I just think it's more of a focal point and someone someone to aim for. Because Duda, Duda hasn't really shown it as a, a striker this season so far. I mean, I think it is it is. Um, probably one of their better creative players but he'd, half the time he just seems to be getting involved with arguments and other players mm. I know there's a whole situation with Ignowski in the other game and it probably it quite likely could have been a red card but it, him getting involved in incidents just seems to happen every game when you need him to be the, the creative outlet but I, I don't see that happening with him as the furthest player forward so I just I'm I'm looking for more from Kill. Kill don't Kill as long as they're solid and can keep Kill Kill out should be fine. But it's all the onus is on the away side. Absolutely, um, it will be very very interesting. Normally, teams that play a force nine are typically uh, good. So, um, <laughs> not to be facetious, but typically, you know, you have an endless pool of talent, and Kill are a good side, but. Uh, if it wasn't working earlier in the season uh, in crunch games, it's definitely not going to work then. So it will be fascinating to see how the second leg goes. Uh, at the end of this this podcast, I'll get everyone's predictions so we can uh, see how wrong we all were um, <laughs> come come Sunday. So it should be fun. Uh, let's move on then to the other game, the Dritzliga versus Schweizer Bundesliga uh, match between Ingolstadt and Osnabrück. This game was played uh, at the Audi Sport Park. Osnabrück, of course, a bit lucky to survive. They've been pretty terrible uh, for the majority. And they showed the terrible side of them in Ingolstadt as they were smashed three goals to nil. Uh, they went behind very, very early in the piece with Tobias Schruck opening the scoring, Fatih Kaya getting on the score sheet 34 minutes in, and then a delightful chip. As elegant as you like, Dennis Eckert Ayenza, who was a figure... In the last relegation playoff game they did against Nuremberg, this is their third attempt of trying to stay, um, well, try and win the playoff. They were beaten by Wiesbaden and then cruelly beaten by the club last season. Eva, I'm going to start with you. If Osnabrück really wanted to establish themselves as an opportunity uh, to stay up, they would not produce what they did um, last night, of course, Thursday night, this Friday recording. Um they couldn't have played a worse first leg. Uh, and fortunate for them, it wasn't an away first leg. But they've got it all to do now uh, in the second leg. Yeah, I mean, that whole situation, how that playoff between those teams 
even did come together is very weird because I think Ingolstadt is playing relegation because their um, goal difference was worse than Rostock's, if I'm correct. And uh, Osnabrück, all bottom, or not except Würzburg, but all three in the mix that were there kind of lost. So <laughs> I don't know if that's um, such a huge accomplishment that you're playing a playoff because the team below you just played worse. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, they were horrible in this game. At some stage, I just wrote down for myself, uh, you couldn't really say that Osnabrück was the higher position, like league-wise higher positioned uh, party in this game. And yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, we Ingolstadt had the, first of all, they have a lot of experienced players in the squad. I mean, Stendera, Kutke, uh, Gauss, the, those are all players that you know if you follow English or at least German football for a while now. Um, you also had fans here in the stadium, 250. Uh, you also have fans in Osnabrück um, in the second leg. Um, I gotta say, especially in the second half, I forgot that there were fans in the stadium because they didn't do much. Um, <laughs> sorry about that, but I mean... I would expect if you're back in the stadium for a very long time and it's such an important game, you would not hear a bit more. But, well, yeah. Um, and I just want to point out that I think Timo Bermann had one of his worst mm-hmm. games of his career. Um, he looked horrible for the, for the 3-0. I think the second uh, goal as well. He, yeah, was kind of the last piece in... in in that play to to do something against that and yeah uh, fully deserved defeat for Osnabrück and I mean Ingolstadt could have won even higher I think there was uh, Kaya had a chance shortly before half time and yeah for for Osnabrück this is possibly the worst thing they could go into the second leg yeah it's such a deficit to overcome and Normally, you would say, I can take things away from that first leg. We can build upon... But they didn't do anything well. They barely attacked in the first half. They created no chances. The two goals they gave up... I mean, the first one was just a defensive calamity. The second... What can you even say about it? And then the third goal, which... Mind you, if you look at it from an Ingolstadt perspective... Cracking long ball from Sendera. Uh, Ekater Jensen beats the defender... And poor old Philip Kuhn, who must feel like the loneliest goalkeeper uh, to have ever played in a playoff game, um, just completely isolated. And there's not much he can do. He does everything right. And then you see that. You see the ball lobbed over your head and into the back of the net. It is as demoralizing as it comes. Uh, Roy, Ingolstadt just produced one of those first halves that you dream of as a team in a playoff. You've got all the momentum because you finished third in the in the Dritter Liga. You know that you've got you've built momentum. You've you've done you did enough. You beat 1860 Munich the week before to get into the playoff. And they just built upon that. It was such a positive start. They score early and they really just fed off it, even though the fans were yeah, Liberian warm styling, really quiet. But Overall, they produced a fantastic performance, and it was all set up in the first half. The thing is, I, like like you mentioned, they're beating 1860. I think they had the dress rehearsal last week because that was a huge game. That was probably bigger than the first leg was for me. That game, forget to actually get there, and they, they did what they did 
um, against 1860. They scored a really early goal. They set the tone and they pressed and they pressed and they they they, they made sure they were the team on top. Um, like like Eva said, I I've not watched much of English throughout the season, but I would have assumed if if I had never watched German football in my life, that was the the this Vital League side and Osnabrück with the Drittel League side. There was just it, it's just it was just so poor from Osnabrück. The English that were it, it, they made it easier for them. I don't think Ingusta had to really get out of second gear much. I think that they, um, when they did attack, they were very impressive. I think uh, Eka Jensa, like he's a very very strong striker, um, and Kuchka as well alongside him. That makes a really good partnership. Um, when and probably if they do, like if, sorry, if or when they go up, I think they will go up. Uh, I think if they keep those two next season, I think it'll be an interesting strike force uh, in the Zweite Liga. I've not managed to see much of them this season, but from what um, we've got an 1865 on the podcast now, and from what he says from them, that they, they maybe didn't deserve it as much as 1860 might have, or like Hansa Rostock and um, Dynamo Dresden to get the chance for promotion. They've well and truly earned it with the past two games that they've played uh, for me because I managed to watch both, um, and they were far, fairly impressive. I don't, for the second half, I don't see any difference. I just don't know if the um, history of um, relegation matches for Ingolstadt is going to come back to bite them in the behind um, because it's the odds are so against them if you look at their last two visits, which is the last two seasons. And I think Collins wearing the Nuremberg kit as a as a reference to, <laughs> to this as well. I don't know. It might not be. It might just be a coincidence, but I think it might be. A, um, but for me, I, I think Ingolstadt will probably... Have enough, but the the past two games will be the past two relegation playoffs will be very interesting um, to say to to look at for this next game coming up. Well, that's the thing. Which Ingolstadt is going to turn up? If you look at the tie against Vejle Wiesbaden, they led heading into the second leg at home, and they gave up four goals and they got relegated in one of the more really weird. Under it was hard to describe at the time because. You you couldn't really comprehend what was happening. It was one of the more epic collapses in a playoff we'd seen. And then last season, they were down 2-0 heading into the second leg at home. Turned it on. Turned the, the tie on its head for Nuremberg to score a very fortunate goal to keep them up with that being that away goal to win uh, 3-3 on away goals. So, Colin... The second leg is still a danger. It sounds really weird saying it out loud, considering they are 3-0 up. And they know an away goal will put Osnabrück away, because they'll need five to win. So, what's the what's the tack here for Thomas Oral? Because they have such a significant advantage, and they know that if they get that away goal, it should be curtains. Yeah, well, uh, Roy referenced Matt Nuremberg shot that I'm wearing this morning. Uh, Probably in the faint hope, faint hope that Osnabrück can pull off in Nuremberg in the second leg. Yeah, although I, I should be neutral, but I, I don't, I don't really care much for English for that. I'm afraid. <laughs> um, so, but I don't know. Like the second leg, I think English that can remain in second gear. Like Roy said, they didn't really have to play their best. They they were very impressive, great going forward, but at times. They did let Osnabrück have the ball. I mean, Osnabrück controlled uh, possession in large spells in the second half. But they just no goal threat. At one point, I was I have seen Osnabrück a few times this season, and they've always been absolutely dire. And I'm like, 
how many goals have they scored this season? Because they look toothless up front and they scored 35 goals in the 34 league games. And I think that says a lot. Sebastian Kirk is the leading creative player for them. He's the top scorer with 10 goals, but I think he had a, a frustrating night. He was he had quite an off game. His delivery was quite poor at times from corner kicks. And I thought that with the, the way they were looking up front, that would have been the only way they could have scored from those opportunities. But they were re- re- just resorted to shots from distance. I don't remember them having a decent chance in the box, despite all their possession. And whenever Ingolstadt got the ball and were on the break, they were always on the back foot defensively. Ingolstadt always looked dangerous. Uh, so for the second leg, I think it will be playing on their minds, the pressure from previous years, because they, they have got themselves in these positions where they're, they're looking like they're going to get promoted. <laughs> Last season was particularly memorable, because I remember, obviously, there was a Nuremberg game, but there was also the, the league game against the 1860. They played in the final match in that, that league season as well. But then because of Würzburg, a kicker scored late on. Uh, they they could only get third, uh, fourth place it was last season for the playoff. Um, so that, that might be playing on their minds. But I don't think they have anything to fear from Rosenberg, honestly. Like, as as you said, like, Ingolstadt looked like the better side. And from, from what I have seen of them from that game and the end of the season against them, um, against 1860. I saw them against Hansa Rostock as well. They looked really good. And they do have the squad. Like They do have a lot of pedigree. They've got a good experience, um, a mix of experience and youth, like Kuchka and Stendera. But they've got those young players, like Eckert Ayenza coming on from the bench. Like If Osnabrück had a player like that, like that, that would improve them. I think that that's quite telling. The English that have that squad, like players like Eckert Ayenza and Kayube, who's getting... Mm. Loads of Bundesliga experience to come on. Osnabrück just didn't have that. And there's the crowd factor in the second leg. I mean, they've got, I think it's 2,500 they'll have in the second leg. And the Bremerbrücke is a really good compact stadium. And I think that will make a difference. Unlike the Audi Sport Park, 250. <laughs> so they, they, will be, they will be cheered on by the, the fans who do manage to create a good atmosphere usually in that ground, but three goals from behind, I, I can't really see. I can't really see them doing it because, as you say, Ingolstadt look well capable of being able to score that away goal. Absolutely, and Osnabrück have only won three times at home this season. There, there's always a cutaway um, during the coverage. There's a house nearby, and it's got like a second tier. And there's always about three or four people looking out the window. I will do anything to buy that house. Just, just gonna put it out there. Because that's, that's you don't a... want to live in Osnabrück. <laughs> it's a free, <laughs> free football. I wouldn't have to pay. So if it was bad, I could just shut the window. So, um... well, I mean, you can buy yourself a house in in the um, forest behind the Union Stadium if you want. I don't uh, know that one. But just one la- last thing. As an Armenia fan, don't be too confident with potential good leads going into a second leg. That's ah, ah, <laughs> can go wrong. I, well, I didn't want to bring it up, but I mean, so you know, I was trying to tiptoe around it a little bit, and uh, you know, well, no one's made reference to the team that shall not be mentioned on this podcast for this particular episode. So, I mean. You know, but they have a very. Um, 
was actually <laughs> that would have been hilarious although that would probably have seeing that Eva is partially controlling the call that may have got you kicked out so I think that probably was not um, wouldn't have been your wisest uh, thing I guess a final word from, from this tie it, it, this game plays the second league plays in the English stats hand Osnabrück don't like playing with the with possession. They averaged just under 47 for the season, which is amongst the lowest in the league. They're not particularly great with... I mean, they're 73.6% pass efficiency. It's exactly what Ingolstadt want. They can play on the counter. They can use the pace out wide. Um, Sandera can play those piercing long balls. It screams Ingolstadt for me. Um, let's get some predictions before we end this episode. Uh, Eva, I'm going to start with you. Who wins the tie? Is it going to be Köln or Kiel? And then who's it going to be Ingolstadt and Osterbrook? Um, I'm actually going for Kiel uh, because I do think they yeah, seem to be a bit more confident and I don't think Friedhelm von Kiel will find the right words. I'm not a huge fan of him anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just think that Olavana and um, being tied together with the team very well um, has just a better shot um, on that win and so Q will get promoted in my opinion um, yeah and I yeah it's difficult to look past English that here I mean um, even if we, you just look at one last statistic from last night's game I mean um, I think awesome we only run like or covered only like 110 kilometers of running distance which is not a lot um if you don't if you know that you can't really do a lot um with with your possession at least try to i know cover some some meters there and they didn't do that and um even if they win that uh, game on sunday um yeah i don't think they it will be enough like i don't see them score more than one or two goals so yeah this is going for english that Although I didn't like them. <laughs> Roy, some optimism. Let's 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 get the cone juices going. Is there any way that cone can overturn this one goal this away goal deficit? Um, and do you see foresee Osnabrück overturning the tie as well, or do you see as it is as the uh, the teams going forward? Well, there was a way. The way was at the start of the season and signing a second striker. <laughs> that was the way. <laughs> But no, um, like being honest, I, I don't know. I generally don't. I don't. I don't. I want to feel optimistic, but I don't. I generally think going into this game, I, I don't think the fans are going to like. A lot of people have been complaining about the fans coming in that that's going to be an unfair sporting advantage. I don't think it is going to be in some way. Like I can understand why, but it's like the football players are. They they can play in front of no one. They can play in front of fans. If they can't play, if they can't determine which one's the better one to play in front of. Maybe they should be playing the Bundesliga, for instance. Um, so, I... Something about me wants them... doesn't want them to go down. But I don't want Funkel to end on a high note of winning <laughs> and keeping them up. I really don't like him. And I, I just think that he shouldn't have been there after his first game um, in charge, which is very... Con- like, not even controversial. What mm. he said was terrible. Mm. I don't, I don't want him to end on a high note, so it's kind of, I'm stuck in two minds. Like, I want Kyle to be in the Bundesliga next year. Do I want him to be in that really exciting Zweite Liga next year with all those teams? Maybe, but if, I, I generally think he'll go on and win it. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go and win one or two now. 
Um, just the, the Kern looked deflated. Uh, Keel looked a wee bit more optimistic for me. Um, again, I'm not I'm the one the one to join the um, English style hating club, but. I would, I would rather see Osnabrück stay <laughs> and in, the, in this vital league next year, but I think it's so difficult. Um, I'd love to see um, Osnabrück stay up. I think the, the deficit for them is different. It's not like a Nuremberg who had the cavalry to come in and be like, you know what, we're the bigger team here, we're going to go and we have to go beat them. Um, I just, um, yeah, it's got to be Ingolstadt for me. There's there's no Osnabrücker to score for Osnabrück to take them into the tie. You know, like last year with Nuremberg, I scored for Nuremberg. You know, something like that. There's no, there's nothing going in Osnabrück's favour at all um, to to take them there. So for me, it's got to be uh, Ingolstadt and uh, and Kiel. <laughs> if you heard that, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you can you say that a bit louder, please? I. Um, <laughs> I think this, I think uh, the team from the north will go through. I'd just love to see a northern, a new north team in the Bundesliga as well. It'd be so exciting. Well, actually, there isn't any north teams currently in the Bundesliga <laughs> because they've joined the epic party that is down here in the Spider Bundesliga. I mean, Wolfsburg is potentially still northern Germany. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see it like that? I mean, fun fun fact that I live in Germany. I grew up here, and I always thought that Wolfsburg is in the south of Germany. So I was always very confused when people say Hanover Wolfsburg is a derby. I was like, like how? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's worlds apart. Now, now Wolfsburg are like you know lower north. They're not really north. Let's be honest. Let's uh, let let's let's be real. Um, Colin, I'll give you a chance to predict. I do you go. Do you agree with Eva and and Roy that it, as it is, we'll probably see it out, or do you see some sort of chaos situation uh, in the second legs? Actually, I think I think the game will play out to a no no draw. I just I think he will be content to sort of soak up the attack and pressure as they did for a lot of the first leg. Kern, they've had they've had pressure, they've had control of the last two games against Schalke and against Kiel they could only muster one goal from those games and they've shown that when they have when they they have to take the game to a side that they don't really have the ability to sort of break through and score so I can see it being a similar situation see the uh, Union and Stuttgart playoff a couple of years ago when Stuttgart uh, were going into second leg where Union had got two away goals and Stuttgart knew that they, they really needed to score, but just that the, the home side managed to remain solid defensively. I can see a similar situation. And yeah, I'd, I think my, my Funko is working as an undercover agent for Fortuna. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's, the, um, that's the plan, but uh, he, he's got a chance to redeem himself. But I can't, I can't really see it. I, I'm going to go for a no-no, and that will be enough for Kiel. And how about Osnabrück and Ingolstadt? Yes, yeah, similar situation. I don't see, I don't see the side that's behind being able to have the firepower to shoot themselves out. I mean, three goals they need to score. I didn't see from what I saw in Osnabrück last night that they don't seem capable of that. They've already, as you said, the they're not really comfortable when they have possession of the ball. Their pass isn't particularly good. They don't have that goal threat. 
and they'll, they'll need to really if they get any chance they need to get that early goal so depending on if, if they do if they are to make it through they'll, then they'll need to get that early goal but I can see I can see it I can see Ingle start scoring from the attacking capabilities that they've got I can see them scoring an away goal maybe a 1-1 draw which would be more than enough for Ingolstadt uh, yeah I think Ingolstadt next season the way they're looking would really integrate very well into this vital league I think they can have a good season next year I tend to agree it's going to be very very exciting that's a wrap for the first leg of the relegation playoffs the second leg will be on the German football podcast so we'll be shipping over there uh, with Roy and Colin absolutely chopping it to bits uh, thank you again for joining us we look forward to the second legs which starts uh, on Saturday, Saturday night, and then, of course, the second leg between Osnabrück and Ingolstadt on a very time-friendly Sunday afternoon. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you for the season review in a few weeks' time.